Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. In Luke 22, 28 and 29 that we have read here, then we see that Satan desires to shake. He wants to shake us up. He wants to shake out of us all the faith that we have so that we fail, that we miss that appointment, miss what God has given us that has been ordained in the book. Isn't that interesting how there's a book of our life in heaven, a book of your life? Now that's something, isn't it? So Peter and himself could have been overthrown. But Jesus prayed for him, and he rallied back, and he did not succumb to what the enemy was trying to do for his life, to his life. Now, another example of disappointment comes in Luke 15. I'm not going to turn there, uh, 12 through 19, and it's the prodigal son. But I went through there, and I looked at all the things in the prodigal son. And here is this son. He received an early inheritance, which you don't receive an inheritance before, you know, your loved one goes on. You know, typically that's not what happens. But he came to his father and he said, I want my inheritance. See, people want things before they're ready for it. And he wasn't ready for it. So he received that early inheritance. And he had this prodigal son had to come face to face with his failures. And he made a decision during that time when he was out feeding the hogs a Jewish man feeding the hogs, living and eating out of the pig pen. That's where he found himself. And then he made a decision. He said, what in the world am I doing in this position, being who I am and who my father is, and why am I living like this? He came to himself. And many times that's what God's people have to do. And that shaking up thing can shake you up to the point to where you wake up and you ask that question, what am I doing here? And that's what he did. But I think it is, is uh, just wonderful what the father's response to him was. And see, in our own minds and in, in the prodigal son's mind, he could be thinking, well, what in the world is my father going to do if he knows how I've lived this riotous life, living in sin, squandering my inheritance? What is my He's going to reject me. My father is not going to accept me. But see, again, that's where the enemy tries to cause your faith to fail. But what did he do? The father's response, he ran out to meet him. What a beautiful picture. Here is this man, his son, probably tattered clothes, a mess, you know, didn't have what he needed. And the father didn't care. He ran out to meet him. And what did he do? He got out the best robe and he put it on his son. He put sandals and a ring. He provided what he needed. 
He killed the fatted calf, and they had a big celebration, a big barbecue. Now, what about that? And see, that's not at all probably what that prodigal son thought was going to happen. But the son humbled himself, and the father accepted him. Isn't that good news? So this is a picture of God's love and mercy and patience, His warm affection to us, and that His acceptance. God is uh, not mad at people, and it's so important to know that. It's, it's like the woman caught in adultery. I, I always wonder, what happened to that man anyway? He should have had to deal with it too. He took off. And there, you know, and the, the other guys that, you know, that got the woman, they didn't care about the man. They're just going to grab up the woman. And what did Jesus do? I bet it just caused their heads to spin. He didn't condemn her. He didn't say, you're disgusting. What did he say? He said, go and sin no more. And you know what he was saying? Go, don't keep living the way that you're living. Get things right. Get on the right path. Get on the right track with your life. And that's what God says to us. But now he didn't say, oh, you're okay. You're good. It's all right. I forgive you. He said, no, you go on, but don't you keep sinning. We can't talk about sin in the church today. I think people come in and they got earmuffs that they put on if you start saying anything like that. La, 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 I can't hear that. No, you better hear it. You better hear it. Now, God doesn't condemn you, but he doesn't tolerate it either and say, go on and keep living just like you're living. He said, get up from there, dust yourself off, and don't keep living the way that you're living. Amen? So... We need to do just like Peter did, you know, in the story I was telling you. We need to turn to the Lord and give Him our failures. We are truly accepted in the Beloved. I believe that, don't you? Philippians 3.13 in the New Living, it says, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach, now listen to this, the end of the race. Some people think they can start the race and it doesn't matter and they don't have to follow through, but at the end of the race, you're continuing, you're pressing on, you're serving the Lord, you're fulfilling your purpose and His plan for your life till the end. See, this is where people uh, get messed up. Well, I'm serving God now. You know, I'm serving God. Well, that's good. And we're glad you're serving God now. But, you know, in a year from now, keep serving God. Ten years from now, if you live 50 years from now, keep serving God. Press on toward the plan. Press on in the pathway to serve God. There's too many people today that start out right, but they don't stay right. They get off the path. They start living, you know, away from God, away from the plan. His, the book, the ordained plan that's in the book, they get away from it. 
And you know, many never get back on that path. Now, whether they go to heaven or not, I can't preach somebody into heaven or hell. And I wouldn't do that. You know, that's between God and, and that person. But I tell you, for me, I'm going to stay in that preordained as much as I know and as much as I can, that plan and purpose for my life. We've got to keep on keeping on. Amen? Very important to realize that. We keep moving on into our destiny further and further down the road and into the plan. Because I can tell you, years ago, you know, um, you know, this church is 40 years old, and before that time, you know, before we started the church, you know, I was, I was on that path. I had given my heart to the Lord. I had said yes to whatever His plan and purpose. I didn't have a clue what that was, but I just served God. Got in my church, whatever there was to do, you know, need somebody to cook, I'll cook. Need somebody to clean, I'll clean. Need somebody to teach the kids, I'll teach the kids. You know, whatever it was, I just began to serve God. And I'm not talking about out of, you know, drudgery. I loved it. I loved it because I knew that I was serving God and I was fulfilling my God-given purpose. Do I think that I'm supposed to cook? That's my, no, ask Eddie, he'll tell you. (laughs) It's not, you know. Or is it, uh, you know, to teach kids? No, but somebody has to teach kids. Somebody's got a God-given plan and destiny to teach kids. But at that particular time, on my pathway to my ordained plan, I did teach kids. Lord, help those kids. (laughs) I didn't know anything. Nothing. But I could read the Bible. So I did. So they did get something. I bet it was boring as I'll get out, but <laughs> but I did it. And that's how we can do things. We start out. What we do now is what we're not going to, we're not going to do that probably 10, 15, 20, and further on down the line. It, it'll be, you know, there'll, there'll be things, there'll be dimension, definition that is added to our life. Number one, because you get wisdom. You grow in wisdom, and you grow in your experience with the Lord in knowledge and understanding. And so you'll go into, you know, uh, possibly different, you know, things for your future. But some people, it's just like there are people in this room, your school teachers, and you know that's your God-given, ordained plan that God has for you. What a, what a awesome responsibility. That's, a, that's on the pathway to your destiny, to the final outcome. Amen? So important. Now, I want to look real quickly here, and I'm not going to turn to the Scripture, but I would really encourage you to read this, okay? And I, I may just um, end here because I've got so much more to go, but I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to talk about this story. 2 Samuel chapter number 9, and um, it talks about Mephibosheth. What a name. And his name, Mephibosheth, means shame. It means shame. 
I wouldn't want that name, would you? But I think people have names and their lives depict what is there. And if you hear about, he was the grandson of Saul and the son to Jonathan. And who was Jonathan? Jonathan was David's really great best friend. They were covenant brothers, if you will. And so one day, you know, David called. I, I want to know, does Jonathan, are, are, there, are, are there any descendants that are left? And so he finds out about Mephibosheth. But it's very interesting because at five years of age, their city was being attacked. And the servant, the maid, who was taking care of that little five-year-old, grabbed him up, began to run to get away. And when she did, she fell. And he evidently was injured to the point to where he was crippled for life. And so Mephibosheth then, um, you know, he, he had to live really badly and, and rough. It was very rough for him. But he lived in a place called Lodabar. And Lodabar, again, I love these names, you know. Uh, it means nowhere. He lived in Lodabar. Oh, he just lives down there in Lodabar. Nowhere. That's, you, don't want to, you don't want to live there. That's that guy who's shameful. You know, think about it. What a mess. You think he was a disappointed man? I mean, his father and his grandfather have been leaders of the nation. And then here he finds himself just discarded. He's discarded. I tell you what, you may feel like you're discarded. You may feel like you're living in Lodabar, nowhere, going nowhere. But don't you give it up. Because just like Mephibosheth, David extended his hand to Mephibosheth and called him in. And they went out to find him. They found him. He came in and he was fed at the king's table. He was provided for everything that he needed. He was off. His life was off track. But God came into his life picked him up, you know, and I think it's interesting too that if you look at, he was crippled and that's what disappointment will do. It will cripple you sometimes. When, when difficult, bad things happen, it can disappoint you. It can cripple you to where you feel like you cannot go on. But just like God through David did in Mephibosheth's life, picked him up and gave him a, a life worth living. And he will give it to us too. So I want to encourage you tonight. If you have had disappointment, some of you, you're in here and you're going through it right now. You know, there, there's, you've been highly disappointed. And how disappointments come? It can come through a failed marriage it can come through financial calamity. It can come through sickness and disease. All kinds of things. This whole world is full of things that can pull you off track. But you have a plan and a purpose. You are not a mistake. 
while you were unformed, God had the plan for you. How powerful. And so, I'd really encourage you tonight, if you've had those disappointments and you're just at a place where you're going through the motions but you really don't have that stirring in your heart, that real fire in your heart of the Holy Spirit, you know, that keeps you on fire for God, I'm telling you, you can get up from that, bounce back from it, and get back on the track and get back on the plan and purpose for your life. Now, some of you have heard this message, and you're supposed to tell some other people about it, the truths, some scripture to help them get through what they're going through. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, we pray over this word that's come forth tonight, and we pray that you'll take it and you'll help us to overcome in every area of our life seeing, knowing, and understanding that we are not insignificant. We are not people without a purpose. We're people with a purpose. And you have given that to us. And may we pick it up. May we run with it. May we forget the past disappointments and failures. And may, may we press on in to what you have for us. Not trying to not trying to have our own way, but giving in and saying yes to your way. Lord, I, I would not want to go out of this world having done things my way. I want to go out doing things your way, and I know these precious people do too, and help us to do that, Father. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.